My name is Nick. If I haven't met you, it is lovely to meet you. Um, I, I preach whenever Nath can't be around and didn't have time to organise someone. So <laughs> that's, that's who I am, the, uh, the guy that fills all the gaps. All right, but today I, I'm very excited because this is something that I've probably been thinking about uh, over the course of a number of years. And, and God has like slowly confirmed different aspects of something that I, I can't wait to teach you this morning. Um, but it's also something that I also don't feel like I'm very qualified to teach myself. Um, and so in, in saying that, I really just want to start uh, by praying simply to God that that this is just, this isn't me, and uh, this is all him. So we, uh, yeah, let's just bow our heads, otherwise we are in trouble. All right. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. Uh, we thank you for your good news, and we thank you that you have a crazy awesome plan that always works for your good. And so, uh, Father, we ask that we get to experience and we get to know your good news this morning, uh, a fresh revelation like no other. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I want you to turn to the person next to you <laughs> um, and say to them, you are closer than you think. Say that, you are closer than you think. Yeah. Yeah, you are closer than you think. And it isn't because we put the chairs closer and it isn't because COVID restrictions are starting to diminish. You are closer than you think. Anyways, it was brought to my attention about six years ago that I, uh, I may have a condition. Yep, we were in an apartment in Melbourne, the same apartment that Nathan was freaking out about being high in the sky with. And um, during this conference that we were in Melbourne, uh, an intervention took place, uh, so to speak. Um, I walked into the apartment and there was Sarah Green and Denise Allen that, that said to me, Nick, uh, we think you have ADHD. <laughs> And it's like, in actually, we were interested in this. So we wanted to know, do I actually have ADHD? So we decided to take a test. So we searched Google and um, we, yeah, of course, of course. Like, don't, don't bulk build doctors, just Google it. Um, so we took this test and we found the first cheapest and nastiest test that we could find. And according to this Google test with very little credibility, it is possible that I, uh, that I have ADHD. In fact, according to this score, there's, there's 95% chance that I have ADHD, in which case I'm just going to clean this cobweb up here. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if that was killing anyone else. I, uh, yeah, that's, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, that, that was honestly killing me during praise. I was like, we need a fresh wind look at that. <laughs> um, and now, now knowing that according to Google, I have ADHD, I get the pleasure of uh, finding out about some of my tendencies. And um, I, I thought I'd share some of them with you, what it is to be like me. Um, it's terrifying. But... <laughs> OCD, oh, uh, all right, sorry, I might have got my letters wrong, but I, every day, like, 
Every day, I'm telling you, I lose either my phone, my wallet, or my keys. You would think now, as a 30, almost 31-year-old, I would, I would have had an organizing system by now. I'm normal. <laughs> We've all got it. All right, so <laughs> keys need to go by the door. Wallet should go there too. Phone, we'll talk about that later because that, that can't just stay in one place. You need it. Um. My bedside table does not look nearly as neat as Sarah's. Um, I have about three times as many books that I am currently reading all at once, incidentally reading none of them at the same time because I like to start new things. Um, I buy yet another organising device to organise the last organising system that now is failing to work. Um, my desk at work just piles up, like, and it's really scary because this year I've got a lot of responsibility and I need to keep kids excursion notes and they're like, we need that for seven years. And I'm like, <laughs> that's terrifying. <laughs> so um, the other day, actually, I felt bad because ABC was coming in to film and uh, it didn't cross my mind to maybe clean my desk. Instead, I was like, we've got to get a curtain installed so like, so that we can just hide that. If, if you're on board, we can find it in the budget. Um, uh, that one, I'll, I'll wait a bit later. I, I waffle on about a topic. And after some time, I have to ask the person I'm conversing with either, what was the question again? Or like, or where, where was I? How did we get here? Um, uh, while considering a question, while considering an answer to the question, I'm also constantly thinking, uh, what's for dinner tonight? I'm asking the question for the next question. Um, going to the shops for bread, milk, and a snack takes three separate attempts. Because <laughs> you go to get the bread, and then you get in the car, you're like, what else? Oh, the milk. <laughs> you go get the milk, and then later you get home, and you're like, why am I so hungry? Oh, that's right. I wanted to get a snack as well. Three attempts. Um, but this one, this one kills me, and it happens to me at least three times a day. There's so much going on in my head that I always walk with intention. And I, I know that during the day, I have to go find a student. So I'm like, quick, Go find that student. And then I walk into a classroom very excited for the reason that I came but forgot why I needed to go there. And so I walk into the classroom and the teacher just looks at me with their hands up and I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And I just scout quickly. Yes, you, you're the one. That's, that's who I came here for. Um, you always forget what you were trying to achieve. Um, but this one, oh, I reckon this happens to more people than just those with ADHD. Have you ever searched for something everywhere um, and you, you cannot find it? The number one object is this one, right? Your phone. As I said before, we'll, we'll touch on that a bit later. Have you ever looked for your phone around the house and the very thing you're looking for is in your hand? That is like, put your hand up if that is you. All right, okay, fantastic. There's at least 20% of people. I'm surprised by how outrageously dumb that is. Like, it's, it's crazy. I always, like, thank God that I didn't need glasses because I would be the person looking for my glasses. That happens, yeah, all right, there's a few people in the room now nodding. Um, this, this happened to me the other day. And the only reason I found out that the thing that I was looking for was in my hand is because 
I have this weird thing in the morning where I don't like to turn the lights on. I always use the light on my phone. I, I feel like it's, I don't know, like it's selfish of me to turn the lights on because I'm always up first and I don't want to annoy everyone else in the house. I live with my in-laws. Um, and, and I turn my light on to look for my phone. So I was using the device to look for this device as I was in a dark room and I was like, it's got to be under here somewhere. And the only reason I, yeah, like this is, yeah, I promise this did happen. This happened once. This didn't happen the other day. When I turned the light on, I was like, all right, just leave. Quick, get out of here. But one time I've seen, like I've wanted to call it and it was while I go to dial the number that I'm like, this is the thing you're looking for. Um, it's, it kills me. Where this... This has happened to me with my phone, this has happened to me with my keys, and this, this has happened to me with my wallet and a couple of other items. But uh, when I look back, there's a similarity between this story, the story with my phone, and with my relationship with Jesus, is that especially as a teenager, I was looking for God everywhere, absolutely everywhere. I was looking for God in my prayer life, and I used to like try and listen to people like, oh, how do you pray? Because I need to pray more like that because I'm looking for God. And so I, I try to embrace a new formula of prayer. Um, I want to try and pray the right way or pray a little bit longer because then, then I will find Jesus. Or I would search for Jesus in the Bible and I, I would think like, oh, if I just read a couple more chapters per day, then I'm doing the right thing. Then Jesus will show up. Uh, I... I try to search for God like in my behaviours. If, if I act a certain way, uh, then God will be proud of me. If I, if I do certain things, I can earn God's attention. Uh, only then will I be able to find Jesus. Um, or in my surroundings, if I surround myself with like-minded people, if I surround myself with the right people, then I will find Jesus. Um, or if I attend the right conference, I know Jesus will be there. And then that's a chance that I can find Jesus. Yeah, I like, I'm telling you, I searched for Jesus about everywhere that I could, especially as a uh, teenager. And I chased after Jesus as fast as I possibly could, uh, only to find that in my pursuit for Jesus, Jesus was actually chasing after me the entire time. And if that, if that is good news for some, yeah, like, let's, like, let's talk about it. Um, because I think there are some people in this room that need to hear this today. And I hope that my message doesn't contradict Nath so much last week as he tells us to chase after Jesus. When he asked me to preach, I was like, I've got this. And he said, yeah, good, go for it. I was like, thank goodness. Despite our greatest ideas... Despite our best efforts, it isn't actually us that is drawing close to God. God has been desperately pursuing us right from the beginning. And it is actually disgusting how much God loves mankind. It, it is, I love that phrase because the amount of times that in this Bible and maybe in our own story, we have like screwed God over. <laughs> he still comes back pursuing us every time. So I love to think it's disgusting how much God loves us. And it's evident throughout this Bible. And, and I really want to show you this, this thing that 
uh, I can't get out of my head. But in the beginning, in the book of Genesis, God created man and woman. And he walked with them in the garden. Everything was perfect until he gave us one instruction. (laughs) Do not eat from that tree. When we broke that instruction, we were doomed to walk the earth. And it would have felt like there was this separation. And we're chasing after God, yet God comes chasing after us. God then comes in the form of a covenant where instead of an instruction, he gives us a list of instructions. Idiot. (laughs) And Moses wrote those instructions down in Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And in my opinion, they are some very boring books to read. (laughs) Sorry. I probably should. Hey, uh, cut that, cut that, cut that. We now get recorded. Um, Moses... God dwelled with Moses after he wrote these instructions down and he dwelled with his chosen people in the tabernacle, this tent that served a purpose like a temple that went with them as they wandered in the wilderness. As they followed his instruction and lived according to the covenant, they were with the presence of God and God dwelled among his people until they broke that covenant too. They take another step further away. Yet God draws closer again. And this time, God then dwells within a temple in the center of Jerusalem that was built by Solomon until that temple was destroyed. And there becomes this silent era. This silent era where uh, people are coming up with all these whack ideas on how to chase after God. And this is the point where we start to see like the pharmaceutical law really take place. And the Pharisees are trying their absolute hardest to say, if we do this, if we do this, if we do this, then God will return. I sometimes sympathize with the Pharisees because they really were trying their hardest to, to be with God. They were trying to do everything that they could, yet In so doing, they were further away from God by trying to do it in their own understanding. If if we just do this, then God will be with us. If if we just act the right way, if we just live and if we follow the laws, then we we will earn God's attention. Um, (laughs) As we are so far away, God then takes another step closer towards his people. And this time, he comes in the form of a man. He puts on skin and bones, and his name is Jesus, and he walks amongst us for 30-ish years. God, in the form of man, teaches humanity what the heart of God actually looks like. And according to this man, it is so outrageous because it is so far away from what the Pharisees have been teaching for such a long time. He challenges our clumsiness that pushes us further away from God. This man was phenomenal until once again, he was killed and destroyed by the very people that he came to save. Jesus was trying to teach people what God looked like. Jesus was trying to show them what the heart of God was. Jesus was trying to tell the people, you are loved. 
And in so loving and teaching about God's love, they killed him because it was so outrageous. So once again, we take yet another step away from God. But God resurrects Jesus on the third day. He rises from the dead and is with us once again because God desperately wants to be with us. And he takes it one step further. And this is the best news today. God then draws closer again to his people, this time in the form of the Holy Spirit, who now manifests across the earth and dwells in among us. It says that in 1 Corinthians 3.16, Paul talks about it again in Corinthians chapter 6. Timothy touches on it as well in 2 Timothy 1.14. God dwells within you. That is some good news. I want you to tell the person next to you, God dwells within you. The Holy Spirit dwells within you. Today and this morning, God is already with you. Just like myself with the phone, you can be looking for God absolutely everywhere. And we do it in our own strength and in our own understanding and with our own ability. We think we are chasing after God, but I, today I want to tell you to stop and turn around and realize that God has been chasing after you the entire time. Um. I don't know if you were anything like me and you thought that if I just pray more, God will come. If I just read more of the Bible, God will be there with me. If I could just position myself with the right people or in the right environment, then God will be with me. Yet God is already right by your side because God loves you so much. And because of that one fact, God has been desperately chasing after you every single day. And He will continue to chase after you every single day because He wants a relationship with you so badly. And this time, He comes in the form of the Holy Spirit and dwells within us, that we are the temple. So who, who or what is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a part of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Often, the Holy Spirit gets neglected, yet it shouldn't be. In fact, Jesus said, it is far better that I go, because the one that comes after me is going to be with you, and the one that comes after me is going to be your power. The one that comes after me is going to be your protector, and the one after me is going to have a relationship with you forever. Now, what does the Holy Spirit then sound like? And this is, the, this is where we're really going to hone in today. Now, I want to tell another story. Is that I used to work as a disability support worker. It was one of the funnest jobs I've ever done. Where I got to hang out with kids and my job was to essentially... Uh, normalize their life as much as possible. Either bring people with disabilities closer to the community or draw the community closer to an understanding of people with disabilities. So I got to work with some clients that were quite challenging at times. Uh, but one of the hardest things 
was communication. We had to really establish a, a good sense of communication. And often the hardest part was learning what the client was actually saying. Now, some, some were really easy. They would just say, go home. And they, they just wanted to go home. And that poor kid was walking on his way to Malala one day and <laughs> when he ran away from us and we had to chase him down Port Wakefield Road. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we knew because he'd said it for like a week. Go home, go home, go home. We're like, okay, let's quick go home. Let's check there. Um, but my wife and I, we got to work for eight years with this girl that, that taught me so much. She's like one of the most incredible kids that I've ever met. And uh, she had a bit of a speech impediment, um, but she was so much fun. And I noticed that a lot of people challenged to, to keep up with what she was saying um, because she, she often struggled to swallow the saliva in her mouth and, and her tongue was like quite large for her mouth too. So words were really difficult to get out. And, but no matter what, I knew what she was saying, but because I spent so much time with her and my wife as well, we knew what she was going to say before she even said it. Like, we would know that it's 9.30 and her favorite TV show is about to come on. So she's going to beg us, can we please put that TV show on? I never understood how well I knew this person until someone new would come into the environment. Someone new would come in and, and they would question every word that she said. They're like, what? what? Like they just look so puzzled. What is she talking about? And I'm like, ah, it's simple. She just said this. She just said she wants to have some breakfast. And then, you know, after she asks for breakfast, she's going to ask for second breakfast too because she loves Nutella so much. But don't. Like that's it's absolutely not. So we knew what she was going to say. We knew what she was currently saying. And I never understood how well I knew this person until a new person came in. Um. But then I got the same privilege of going to a new house every now and again and working with a different client. And the confusion as you're like there by yourself trying to protect this person as best you can and trying to uh, be as consistent as possible. But it's so hard when you don't know what the person is saying. My point is, if you want to learn what the Holy Spirit sounds like, you need to familiarize yourself with the Spirit. Just like working with the kid, we had to take time. We had to have constant conversation. It was every week we were talking with this girl. And only after like six months do we start to know what she's going on about. But then also we then get invited into what she is doing and we get to grow with her. So it's no longer new things that we're learning, but we're growing with this kid. We've been there the entire time. We know exactly what she's talking about. The Holy Spirit wants to talk to each and every person here. The Holy Spirit wants to have a relationship with each and every person in this room, with every person out there also. But we don't know what the Holy Spirit sounds like because sometimes we're new to this relationship. And it takes intentional time. Yes, God is indeed after a communion between us and the Holy Spirit as He manifests and dwells within us. 
But can I just say, there is nothing like living under the direction of the Holy Spirit. You get this overwhelming sense or this gut feeling that you are right where you need to be. That you are currently thinking right in tune with the Spirit. There's no greater feeling than living under the direction of the Spirit because everything around you starts making sense. In fact, this message, I was worried about it all week. Um, but then even just this morning, there, there's about seven people that came up to me or text me and said, this is what needs to happen today. And don't worry, we've been praying for you this whole time. And I'm like, well, thank goodness, because my words don't mean much. But the words of the Holy Spirit can penetrate hearts and the words of the Holy Spirit can actually cause healing. And the words of the Holy Spirit can actually help us to understand what God's love looks like. Um, when we act out of obedience to the Holy Spirit, then we get to watch God's glory take place here on earth. We get to watch a victorious father do the miraculous. I said this before and I'm going to say it again. Everything starts to make sense when we are in tune with the Holy Spirit and we get the privilege of seeing where God is at work in our lives and we get the privilege of seeing where God is at work in our friends' lives and we get the privilege of seeing where God is at work in our community. We get to see where God is currently helping us and where God is currently partnering with us because we are in tune with the Holy Spirit. Yes, it is a communion between us and the Holy Spirit, and that's how Benny Hinn puts it. If you don't know who Benny Hinn is, look up a Benny Hinn compilation on YouTube. It's, it's brilliant. He, yeah, there's this awful music that plays as he like throws his jacket on people and they fall on the ground. Look for it. It's pretty fun. Um, I'm just going to quickly share this little passage of, of Benny Hinn's book where he talks about his, his journey with the Holy Spirit and how he met the Holy Spirit. And he preaches and as he teaches, he gives us seven meanings of communion with the Spirit. And he talks about these seven meanings. He says, firstly, the word communion with the Holy Spirit means presence. It is God's desire for you that the sweet presence of the Holy Spirit be with you. Jesus said before, it's far better that I go so that the one who comes after me is here. Second, it means fellowship. You do not need to pray to the Holy Spirit. There's no formula. You simply fellowship with Him. And you should seek out that communion with the Holy Spirit every day. The third meaning is sharing together. When you pour out your heart, the Holy Spirit then pours out His onto you. You share the joy with the Holy Spirit. And he shares his with you. But if all you've got is sorrow, you share your, your sorrow with the Holy Spirit also. Sharing together with the Holy Spirit. And it says in Acts 15, 28, it talks about the joy of the Spirit overwhelming you. Share your joy with the Holy Spirit. The fourth communion means participation with. The Holy Spirit wants to become your partner. The scripture is filled with phrases like working with them when he's talking about the apostles and the spirit and us. It makes it clear that the Holy Spirit wants to work in participation with you. 
The fifth means intimacy. And this one's super important. You'll never experience a deep love with Christ until you know it first with the Holy Spirit who brings that intimacy into our life. There, Benny says there is no other way. He says that God poured out his love into our hearts. And by the Holy Spirit, it was given to us in Romans 5.5. 5. He pours out his love into our hearts. You can't, uh, yeah, you can't understand God's love without the help of the Holy Spirit. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, you also start to get invited into the layers of how much God loves you. At first, you might only learn that God loves me on this surface level. And you might read that in the Bible. But then with the help of the Holy Spirit, you start to learn, wait, God loves me this much? Oh, my goodness. And then a month later, you start to do another Bible study. And the Spirit leads you to passages you didn't understand. The Holy Spirit starts to make this book not look like black and white, but introduces it in color. And you're like, God loves me this deeply? This feels good. It's never dry. Sixth. The word of communion with the Holy Spirit means friendship. The Spirit longs to be your closest friend. Someone with whom you can share the deepest secrets of your heart. Seventh, communion means comradeship. In the Greek word, it means commander. Where the Holy Spirit is like our captain, our ruler, or our boss. But a good one. Just as he instructed the apostles where they should go and where they shouldn't, the Holy Spirit must be allowed to rule in our personal affairs also. And when we give control to the Holy Spirit, every day is filled with purpose, every day is filled with value, and every day is filled with hope. And then each and every day, we get to share that purpose with those that are around us. We get to become an overwhelming sense of value to those that are around us. And we get to share that hope with people around us that need it most. The Holy Spirit is with you. And it's God's final chase to draw closer to us. Are we going to be a church that chases after God? in our own understanding or within our own ability. And this morning, I want to I enter into a time of ministry, but I should have prepared this earlier. If I could get Dan to play some sweet music. <laughs> actually, maybe the, can I get the whole band up, actually? Um, that, that song that said, pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit out. This, this is the stance that, that I want us to take as a church. That we be a church that spends that intentional time knowing who the Spirit is. Who is our helper? Who is our friend? Who is our companion? Who is our captain? And I want us to be a church that intentionally chases after the, or actually just accepts that the Holy Spirit has been chasing after us and accept that the Holy Spirit already dwells within us. I said it earlier, but I really want to hone in on this. You think you're chasing after God, yet God has been chasing after us the entire time. Why? Why? 
because He loves you. It's plain and simple. He loves humankind and He wants to be in relationship with us. Every time we take one step further and, and break the rules or every time we, we break the covenant or when we even destroy His own Son that He gave to us as a gift, He gave us like direct contact and direct relationship and we destroyed that too. God pushes closer to us because He is chasing after you, because He loves you. This morning, just know that He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He's been desperately chasing after us our entire life and He desperately will chase after us for the rest of our lives. Let's be the church that stops and accepts that God is dwelling within us. God wants to be our helper. But we need to enter a zone of friendship and a zone of understanding of who the Spirit is. And this morning, we're going to take the time out together to just spend some time with the Holy Spirit. Because in order to understand what the Spirit sounds like, just like that little girl that I got to spend time with, we need to, we need to understand what the Holy Spirit sounds like. And that's intentional time. And it's not deep in prayer. It's just deep in fellowship. So if you're someone that wants to understand if God loves you, if you're someone that wants to learn who the Spirit is, I encourage you to stand with me this morning. And let's reach out our arms to heaven and see what the Holy Spirit wants to stir within us today. If that's you, please stand.